coach, Marty, he saw me. He said, you should come and swim with us. What I look at the masses team showing in a different pool here. It's crazy. And I seen all the guys swimming loosely. Swim the trucks. briefs, the yes. tiny briefs. Yeah, and I saw these guys in these tiny briefs and coming from Trinidad, we don't play that. You <laughs> Welcome to the award-winning Champions Mojo, hosted by two world record holding athletes and health, life, and leadership coaches. Be inspired as you listen to Conversations with Champions. And now, your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Palace, and with me today is my co-host and wonderful sister-in-law, Maria Parker. Hey, Maria. Hi, Kelly. It's great to be with you today. Yes. And Maria, what a treat we have today. So I'm going to start by telling everyone that this past weekend, I got to compete at the new Fort Lauderdale Aquatic Complex, which has just been renovated to the tune of $44 million. This complex has two 50 meter, 10 lane facilities. And wow. that is just unheard of. And then of course it's got an incredible diving well with a 27 meter tower. It is crazy. The giant towers that you see at colleges and platform diving at the NCAAs is a 10 meter. So this is 27 meters and the place looks amazing. On this trip this past weekend, I got to do a road trip interview, which we're going to talk about first in setting up this interview of how we came to choose this interviewee. Swim Fort Lauderdale, who hosted this meet, is one of the largest and best master swimming programs in the nation. It is coached by the esteemed head coach, Marty Hendricks. Marty is such a great coach at all levels. He's an Olympic, Paralympic coach. He's a top master's coach. And he told me that he only gives one award out to his master swimming team per year. And that award is called the Clyde Akbar Spirit Award. In today's interview, we'll meet the man behind this award, Clyde Akbar himself. Clyde's life reads like a page-turning novel, starting with being thrown off a cliff at the age of 12 as his intro to swimming. That's with no prior swimming experience or swimming lessons. Clyde's mother was murdered when he was only 13 causing him and his seven siblings to be scattered around the globe from their home country of Trinidad. And Maria, what else can you tell us about Clyde? When Clyde finally got to the U.S., he almost immediately joined the U.S. military at age 17. Later, he received a Purple Heart for his service in Vietnam. And that's just the beginning of his story. Swimming and violin came later in his life after a 27-year career as a probation officer. He was one of the few Blacks during his tenure to graduate from Loyola University with a degree in criminal justice. While Kelly did this interview on a swim meet road trip, I've listened to the entire interview and I was so inspired. I can't wait to share my takeaways with you at the end of the show. And now it's time for the road trip segment. Clyde, welcome to the show. Oh, it's a pleasure and an honor. So there is the Clyde Akbar Spirit Award. Award right. The Clyde Akbar Spirit Award, named after you and 
it's the coveted award. Marty said it's the only award that he gives to his team and that it's named after you. So you're a little bit of a celebrity. It's humbling. How, so many, years, by myself. how many years has that been going? Oh, my God. Since 2016. Okay. So tell us, um, how did you get into swimming? Oh, my God. Number one is I was born in a country with a lot of water. Caribbean country, Trinidad. Okay. And we used to go up in the mountains. It's this place called Blue Basin. Blue water, oh, pristine. And they would, the guys, friends, we were young. I was a kid. And they would just push you off the cliff. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was a rude awakening. They would How just push old? you. I was about, i say about 12, 13 any swimming lessons before no they pushed you off the cliff? No, they would just push you off the cliff. And then you just, I don't know, they call it dog paddle now. And I just, and, my way, and that's how, as far as I got. I never had any kind of formal swimming until I got it, got into swimming after I got out to sail this year in Florida. You did not have swimming no, until you got into time, master swimming. Yeah, at that time, Trinidad was a colonized country by the British and they had a lot of British folks over there and they had swimming pools in their backyards and money and we, the blacks down, most of us, we couldn't afford those swimming lessons and swimming pool. Yeah. There. How, um, how did you get from Trinidad to the U.S. and give us a little journey into the okay. fact that you're now a full-fledged master swimmer? Okay, from Trinidad to the U.S., it's a, it's, it's a kind of emotional story. Love to hear it. My father was an auto mechanic with General Motors. He left there. And most of the people at that time, they should migrate to England since it was a Brit, since it was Trinidad was a British colony, as I mentioned. But my father had the opportunity. He was a friend of one of the ambassadors, and she invited him to come and live here. It was eight of us. My mom's had eight of us. Those are the days where folks had, they didn't have just one kid or two kids. Yeah. Eight, it was eight of us. And he left by himself, promised my moms that he would get us all over there. And so he cleared away. He left and got jobs here. And eventually he sent for my two sisters. And, but before that, my mom's, my mother, she got murdered. Oh, my. So sorry. She was at age 32. Oh. It's strange. Yeah. You get up every morning, your mother fixing food, sewing your clothes, doing this. Because at that time, the, the, the women, the wives, they stayed home and take care of their kids. Things yeah. have changed yes. now. Yes, yes. And I'm used to that. And could you imagine coming home from school one day and my bicycle ride saw all these people in the streets? Oh, God. My heart started beating. I was like yeah. 13 or 14, somewhere around there. And, all, and when I get to say, that's your mother, she got murdered. Lady stabbed her knife. And the rest was a terrible history, but it was worthwhile. My and father had to rush down there after three months in this country. He had to rush back. Get a buried, make funeral arrangements and whatever. And they scattered us, the yeah. kids, all over. I'm telling you this so I can hope I can get back to swimming. Sure, yes. So we were scattered all over, my brothers and sisters, and they raised by grandparents, aunties, and whatever. And it was rough. 
So eventually he had enough money to send for two of us to, to my two sisters first, then me and my brother, one of my brothers, and then the other two and whatever. But it took him a few years, but we all got here. Wow. We all got there. We, we all landed up in New York City. And I got in New York, and next thing you know, I got a card in the mail. But the Vietnam War it was before you get drafted or something like that to register. So I told my father, um, I'm a 16, something, 17, yeah, 17. So I told him, take me down to the recruiting center. And I signed up rather than they called me. Ended up in Vietnam. They said, yeah, that, that time it was a quick fix. So you the training in Fort Jackson, basic training, they call it. That. As soon as you finished all of that training, nope. Vietnam. How long were Rude you awakening. Yeah. How long were you there? But I make it short. I was there for, in Vietnam for one year. But I make it short. Within that one year, I got wounded. I don't want to talk too much about that. I ended up getting a poop heart. Wow. Wow. Ended up getting a poop heart. And uh, I did my time there and uh, when I got, when, and at that time, the war wasn't popular yet. There was a lot of, uh, you, if you met, there was a lot of stuff going on in the, back here in America. And when we got back, when it was time for us to get up, out of the plane, they tell us we were, we had to go change into a civilian uniform, our clothes, get out that uniform because the people were yelling and screaming at us, calling us baby killers and stuff. Oh, God, yeah. And so I remember I took a the bus to Port Authority, someplace in New York, and I went in and I, I had a rude awakening, with that rude awakening and that unwelcome, it wasn't like when being veterans coming back from Iraq or Afghanistan, no, no such thing. And I remember one day, I was very, I thought when you come back, oh, I'll come back to the hero's welcome when I was young and naive. There was no such thing. Eventually moved from New York. It was too fast paced for me. So eventually I moved from New York, out of New York to, to Chicago. Stayed there for about 30 years, 30 or more years. And then uh, recently moved here to Florida. And what about what year was that or how many years ago? Oh my ago? gosh, that was about, I think it's over 12 years. Yeah, that was over, it's been a while. So I have seen you in so many master swim meets mm. because it's famous that when you walk into a master's meet, you hear people cheering for Clyde and <laughs> have gravitated to those longer swimming events. Yes. So it's not like you are a swimmer that just swims for 30 seconds. That, so how did you go That from... started, that started when we were snowboards, I would come to Chicago. And... Okay. Snowboarding first uh, to yes. come. Okay. And Snowbirds, they call it. Yeah. In the winter months, my father was living down here then. So that's how it started coming down there. And eventually we bought a home, a little condominium home, and uh, encouraged us to eventually, after I retired, I retired from Chicago as a probation officer. That was your vocation career? Right. Okay. I went, went from a GD in the military. I'm scattered all over the yeah. place now. From a GD in the military. At which I got a GED in the military. Yeah. And I never went to high school in America. So from a GED, I went to Loyola University. Someone nice. in this, nice. this uh, German professor, I went to a junior college and she encouraged me to get into Loyola University. She had some contacts. And they got in there and finally I got a bachelor's. It's funny. <laughs> I have to tell you that 
I went there naive saying, I want, I like, I want to, I started studying Socrates and all of these philosophers, yeah. <laughs> Socrates and Nietzsche. And I liked it. It's to study life and philosophy. Sure. And, um, this Jesuit priest called Loyola was Jesuit. I mean, I said it's Jesuit. They, uh, he encouraged, he said, why do you want to do philosophy? You can't get a job like that. And he encouraged me to get into justice. It took me a lot. It was hard because there weren't too many blacks in Loyola University. It's, and I, these kids all had private education. Eventually, I got a degree in criminal justice, a lot of studying and stuff, criminal justice. And so I retired. It was, I got, finally, I got a job once I finished college as a probation officer. And uh, it was rough in Chicago. I yeah, a lot of street gangs. I worked in the surveillance department there at one time, but all over the night. Finally, yeah, that job was tough, but I retired after 27 years. 27 years. 27 years, and it was rough. Working all over the morning, going to, I had all kinds of people on probation with me. Psychiatrists, airline attendants, gangbangers. I had one guy. I think he was from the mafia because oh, he offered me something <laughs> and uh, offered me a bribe or something like that. But uh, yeah, so that was a rough there. We were running all kinds of things <laughs> and probation. And, and I, I was blessed to retire. At, at and when you retired, you still didn't know how to swim yet. Still didn't know how to swim. I, but I used to go to the pool at this help and play around. I used to go to the pool at this health club and play around in the water, but no coach. And I'm looking at all these guys in the mass instrument, and I just wanted to be like them. I wanted to be, I wanted to be like them. But just playing around, I had no coach or anything like that. I played around in the water. And then, then eventually after that, um, once I retired, Henry finally moved here to Florida. And you and, got and I was in the swim. pool. I went in the pool one day in the swimming yard. What do they call the thing? The noodles. The noodles, yeah. The... And I'm, and I said, Aquafit. And eventually, you know, the coach, Marty, he saw me. <laughs> he said, You, he said, you should come and swim with us. <laughs> what? I looked at the master's <laughs> team showing in the different pool here. He's crazy. <laughs> and I seen all the guys swimming, you know. What they call these jammers, right? These right, shorts. Right, yeah, you're a but, jammer. But a lot of them were had on some loose strip The briefs, the yes. tiny briefs. Yeah, and I saw these guys in these tiny briefs and coming from Trinidad, we don't play that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'll come back. But I'm not going to wear that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> there was the bikini brief, tiny brief. It was a strange to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's a good thing for people to hear that you don't have to wear briefs when you switch Yeah, you and Marty gave me, Marty said you can wear jammers. Yeah, so which means they covered all the couple. way down to the knees. Yeah, yeah. finally I got a couple. And uh, they started teaching me how to do the flip turns and how to do different things. I never did caught on up to this day. You never I did said what? I caught caught the, this whole thing about the techniques and so I never did I was slow remember I was in my 60s then. yes and you learned did. to swim in your yeah. 60s and it was hard and it still yeah. is 
it's still as I kept little small improvement and I love to see them they're doing the flip turns and stuff. Yes. And I'm holding the noodle and I've the, seen your flip oh, turns. They're yeah, good. I was so excited about swimming and I appreciate it so much. Yeah, when I went to my first meet, I really went crazy. Tell me about what that I means. would take off my t shirt and waving it like <laughs> a flag back in the team. <laughs> I was so happy about all these folks. You were a real swimmer. Yeah, and I was high energy, especially this for meeting the, the chain. I just overdid it. I had flags made up with the, the, my wife, and they got the yellow thing. You got I your, your matching up, cap and, and, I, your matching. and I had a flag made up, and I'm running around waving it all <laughs> over the place. That's beautiful. Sometimes it, it was embarrassing. The race going on, and I'm lying on my stomach in no t shirt, almost going in the water. <laughs> yeah, Sharing people. Sharing people. Oh, I've se- I've it seen was you, exciting. Yeah. I've seen you cheering. It was exciting. Yeah. And then finally, they had a, the team. What they got every year, they had something about the end of the year annual party for the team. And all of a sudden, they were giving all these awards. And it took me a complete surprise when they announced that they had a special award. That's so Clyde. deserving. So, Clyde, mm-hmm. obviously, you have almost everything you've set your mind to. In these difficult situations, from losing oh. your mother to oh, coming I think to all the, of these things yeah. encouraged me in the military. When I looked at and I had a spiritual kind of concept, this is a new. This is, I would. I mean, it was always puzzling to me, and it always, my gosh, what is all of this about me? Yeah. And from my mom's getting murdered, and when it was how a have you gotten through it? Some higher power, what they call it, God, whatever they call it, but some higher power was watching after me. Brought me back from Vietnam after getting wounded and a lot of guys I've seen got killed around me. Let me know that, hey, this is not so much about you, Clyde. And I say, you know what, whatever I do, I want to do it for the glorification of. I hate to, I have to say it. I can't say I hate. The glorification is that higher power than God. If I do something, not, it shouldn't be just for Clyde Akbar. It shouldn't be just for the team, it's for, to glorify God, to show others how you can overcome all kind of adversity in life. Yeah. And this team is like family to me now. It's like, it replaced the family that I didn't have because, like I said, we go around, me and my siblings scattered all over the place. So it, I get a strong sense of family to this day. Asking culture to teach me this, teach me that, asking some of the swimmers, because I'm never satisfied with the way I with the techniques with swimming and whatever. And I went from swimming 53 all the way to swimming 800. Yes. Yeah. In competition. I saw. I was always the last man standing, but I get a medal in my age bracket. You were standing (laughs) and you were in there. So, what would you tell someone that? hasn't learned to swim yet or that's starting late in life, but they do see master swimmers and they do think, maybe mm-hmm. I want to try that. What would you tell them? I encourage people. And just, I would tell them it, it's, most of all, it's easy on the body. It's not like jogging. And I played racquetball in Chicago and all these things that swimming is much easier. And it's something about the water that is so refreshing, like swimming like you just one step away from what they call it from a good 
If you're in a bad mood, it's there for you. One step away, a bad mood, when you start swimming for man, for oh. making it a good day. I love that. Oh, my From gosh. making it a good day. Oh, gosh, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Like I said, I still joke. Like, we go to the McDonald's. I see a few blacks up there. I don't see. So I'm used to that. From going to Loyola University and sitting up in a classroom with just one or two blacks in the classroom. So, I'm, so well, that was my adjustment when I came here to the state, to the United States of America. So I'm used to that, but because in Trinidad, I had my fun. It was all black country almost. Blacks and Indians from the India and, and whatever. And Trinidad is a diverse country and yeah, Chinese, but mainly blacks. So I had my share there and it's good too. Yeah. I appreciate the fact that it gave me a chance to go all over the world, especially here in Fort Lauderdale too. People from all walks of life, I enjoy it. Yeah. I thank God for it. And if I had to do it again, including Vietnam, I'm doing it exactly the same. I don't make no regrets. That's beautiful. And it sounds like you have found music in your life. Oh, and yes. You have to remind me. I started learning to play the violin in Chicago. What age? Huh? What age? <laughs> same thing. In my 60s, but you know, wow. same thing. And tell us about the violin. Oh, I love it. Now I have two violins, the electric one and the... And I played the national anthem with the swim meets. I played it a few times here. I played the violin at the, for, the, for the senior home sometime when I was in Chicago. People who had Alzheimer's. And I find music. I always love... I love music. From When I was in Germany, after Vietnam, they sent me to Germany. It was nothing. I listened to a lot of music, jazz, classical music. And my first violin I got was from a, 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 a what they call a thrift store, a pawn shop or whatever it is. Yes, a thrift store. I don't know what happened to that yeah. violin. I've never had any really formal lessons and then I came to Florida, really. You know, it started having fun. Once I graduated from college and I had the kind of money that I can spend a few dollars and get in violin instructors or whatever. So right now I have two instructors, one in Chicago, one. Oh, and I enjoy I playing the violin. I love it. I, I enjoy love playing it. the violin. I'm not good. It's just like swimming. It's just like swimming. It takes a discipline and you'll be surprised playing the violin. It's, it's a challenge for me because I go to violin instructor and all I'm surrounded by kids who's playing the violin. I'm the, what, the very only adult sometimes. Yeah. Learning yeah. to play the violin. And yeah. I wouldn't give up because it takes my mind uh, yeah, so <laughs> strange. There... This experience of my life is really, really. You like a challenge. Maybe. It's not enjoyable sometimes. It's not easy. It's not easy swimming and getting up on that, the, the car, the start, block. starting blocks and looking at all these people. And I find most of them are better than me. And what do you say to yourself when that thought comes? What I say to myself when that thought comes? It's like when I came to this country, could hardly speak English properly because it's a broken English they speak in Trinidad, in the Caribbean islands. When I came to this country, like you said, it's a challenge and it's something about me that I just keep striving to to do different things and it's 
experience life in its fullest. And it's not easy. It's a lot of adversity when you get up in that starting block and you see all these people, and most of them are better than me. But I'm here. I love it. And I, love I'm, it. I, I don't quit that easy. So in all your great experiences that you've had in life, what do you think is one or two of the main things that make people succeed? One of the main things that make that people succeed. How and there's so many answers to that. For me, it's a personal thing that as long as I'm alive and God has me here. Yeah, it's re there's a reason for it. Because I've seen a lot of death people died around me, including my mom's. I experienced all of that in Vietnam. And I've I'd be 75 in a few weeks. And I've seen a lot of folks dying around me now, my friends and whatever. And I say, why am I still here? Remember, I have quadruple bypass surgery. I have eight stents. I have Agent Orange, PTSD, you name it, and a lot of different medications. But I, what your question was, that makes people succeed. And I said, it's got to be a reason that I'm around here. I don't know it. I don't know it. I, I have a strong belief in the spiritual aspects of it, and that's where God keeps me here for a reason, for a reason. And so I have to say that alone would make you succeed, makes you want to do the best you can as an individual, as a human being or whatever, do the best you can because as Frank Sinatra said once, what's the word? The word is all over. Yeah, to sing the song, I did it my way. I love it. <laughs> all right, now the fun sprinter round. Are you ready to play? Yes, go ahead. What is your favorite sandwich? Between a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Very simple. Peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's the other sandwich I like. I like a sandwich with cheese, mayonnaise, and... Yummy. Something. Make me hungry. Yo, cheese, mayonnaise, a little okay. tomato, a little lettuce. Okay. You throw anything in it. That's my favorite <laughs> Okay. What is your favorite movie? Favorite movie. Since I'm swimming now. Yeah. It's called Pride. With Terrence Howard, I believe. Oh my God! Yeah. That remind me, I have to get a copy of that movie. So yeah, that's a game. great. No, that, that is a great movie. movie about the PDR that's coach right. and getting great movie. Yeah, movie. an inner city swim coach. Great movie. Okay, what is your favorite smell? My favorite smell. I've got so many. Just, it's a baby powder. Baby powder baby. smell. And then I. Uh, my new car smell. New car smell. I, I, I like this stuff. Like that. This smells. I like it. Yeah. What are some of the, your favorite songs? My favorite song. Just, or mm. maybe favorite artist. Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke. Mm. What's Sam a song? What's a, what his top song was? She was only 16 to oh. fall in love. That's his song, yeah. And then yeah. it was redone later. Yeah. I love that song. Yeah. That's a good one. See, most people won't even know that was an original Sam Cooke. Yeah, because I fell in love at 16 one time. Wow. Okay. All right. The last question is, what do you think when you hit that water? When I hit that water, it happens so fast. 
when I hit that water, I say, I'm in, I got a cup. Just let me finish and give it the best I can. Because with the heart, it's meant for me to remember, it's very difficult, very, extremely difficult now because my heart surgery and the, I have eight stents and I get winded. Winded. So the very first thing when I hit that water is that here I go again. Here you go again. Yeah, I go again. I love it. And I finished them. I've never quit in none of my races. I don't think you've ever quit on anything in your <laughs> life. Very inspiring. Thank you so it's much. It's fun. I hope this can motivate someone mm. out there. I have no doubt that it will. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. Kelly, you're the Thank best. You. You're the best. You're the best, Clyde. You're an inspiration. Stay tuned for the takeaways. Want to succeed like a champion? Five-time Olympic coach Bob Bowman, coach of Olympic legend Michael Phelps, says Kelly's book, Take Your Mark Lead, is a powerful addition to your personal improvement library, and learners from all walks of life will gain key insights and enjoy this inspiring book. Take Your Mark Lead, debuted as an Amazon number one bestseller in five categories and is available online. And now, the takeaways. Hey, Maria. So we've listened to the Clyde Akbar interview again and again. Actually, I think it's I could listen to it multiple times. Each time I hear it, I get something else out of it. What a special spirit, soul, yeah. human. Yeah. Clyde Akbar, what was your first take? It was incredibly, the whole interview was incredibly inspirational to me. This guy has lived an amazing life. But I think that the obvious thing, just the over the top thing that camp comes through to me is his love, loving to learn new things. And this is a guy who picked up swimming and violin in his sixties, and he doesn't let uh, his age or his fear of social stigma or being slow or being bad or being, being anything, stop him. Nothing stops him. He wants, he just loves to learn new things and he's full of the joy of living. And I just, I found that really inspirational because so many times I don't do something because I think what will people think if I'm last or I've been, how will people see me? I worry about that. He doesn't, he just does the things he wants to do and it makes him a really special person. Yes. It inspires us to do it. It inspires right. others to say, right. you know what, if Clyde can swim the 800, I can swim the 800. If Clyde can take his shirt off and lay down on the side of the pool deck and cheer <laughs> everyone on, <laughs> I can do it. He really is an inspiration. Yeah. I love that. So my tying into that is, is this spirit, this social side of Clyde that yeah. is, and that's, there's a reason there's a spirit award named after right. him. And I feel like he has connected with people all his life. Yeah. He's listened to people. He's asked for help. He's when he spoke to the Jesuit priest, when he was trying to decide, he wanted to study philosophy, which the Jesuit priest <laughs> said, hey, you're not going to make a lot of money if you do that. So <laughs> he listened and he went into criminal justice instead, which he had a great long career in. So I think he does connect with people. He listens to people. And I think you said that when people see someone like Clyde, who is kind and social, that they want to help him. Yep. So he has had kind of the unforeseen helping hand. Yeah. He describes it in many ways of just that somebody's looking out for him. But I, I just think that he has this special social component to him that he smiles, he laughs, <laughs> he enjoys life. And when people see that, they want to connect with him. That's and right. And we, we know when we connect with people that good things happen. 
Like we're not alone in the world when we connect with people. So that was my first takeaway. I totally agree with that. I everybody, everybody wants to be friends with a person like him. You'll hear when you listen to the interview, but my second, I just, I love this because I can relate to this, even though I'm not a great swimmer, he loves water. Even when he wasn't a swimmer, he would just get in the pool and noodle around and play in the water. He loves the feel of the water. And he said, when he swims, he's just one step away. If he's having a bad day, he's just one step away from feeling better. And he said, swimming is so refreshing. Anyway, just, I was really inspired by his, just, just his connection to the water, which I feel too, that it, I think all of us, we all have sort of a salt water in our veins, just that sense of being in the water is good. And it's, and it makes you, it'll make you have a good day, whether you're swimming in the ocean or swimming on a swim team or just paddling around on your noodle. It's, there's a great connection to water, at least for Clyde and for me as well. And I know for you, Kelly. Yes, Maria. And I love that, that you selected that as one of your takeaways because expect somebody who spends hours and days a week swimming, but I do, I think water does have a calming effect on us. It has just a Mm. cleansing effect. That's, it's just a beautiful thing to to hear his love of the water again, contagious, that Schwadi. Yeah. And yeah, when he said that it, you're one swim away from turning your day around, if you're yeah. not having a bad yeah. day, yeah. that was a great saying. Okay. So we have another <laughs> Clyde Akbar quote. I don't quit that easy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what Clyde said when I asked him like, gosh, you just, you had so many obstacles. He, his life had so many obstacles and he just said, I don't quit that easy. And That is just an inspiration. And we said, that's a good mantra. If you want to just tell yourself that I don't quit that easy. I'm just, I'm not going to quit or I don't quit that easy. And I think it is easy to quit things, especially hard things. And when you have a mantra like that, my takeaway is that this guy has a good mindset. He talks positively to himself and that this is something that he says to himself. Right. So I think that my takeaway is let's write up for ourselves some things that we know that we need to say. And I know that one for sure. You don't, you all, you are always say that Maria, that is your saying. I just don't quit that easy. You're tough. Yeah. Um, So I I don't quit that easy, but I think that's, I don't quit that easy because I've always told myself I don't quit that easy. And I think that's one of the things you can grow that in yourself. You and I have often (laughs) joked about the difference. I sometimes hold on to things too much, but I like that. I just love that mantra because lots of times to get through to something better, we have to get through the hard times. That means we can't quit that easy. (laughs) Anyway, I just, the way he put it, I don't quit that easy. It just really rung a bell in me. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a great one too. (laughs) All right. There are many takeaways from the Clyde Akbar interview. And I'm so glad Maria that you've got to hear it multiple times. And I know you will meet Clyde one day and it's going to be a real pleasure to have you meet him in person. But anyway, another great one in the books. Love you. Love you. Love you too. Bye-bye. Hello again, champion friends. We are so grateful that you choose to listen to the Champions Mojo podcast. Thank you for listening. And we would love it if you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. That way it helps other listeners find us and gives us a higher ranking. We are, again, so glad you support the show. Thank you and swim like no one's watching.